You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're here. This is probably the most fun part of fantasy football when it comes to in-season stuff and that's trades right, right. And that's what we're going to be talking about today uh, a few guys that we're looking to buy a few guys we're looking to sell and we are headed straight into week five uh, i see the comment sections already going crazy with a bunch of uh potential trades that they're trying to make and, and we'll get to a bunch of questions uh in the chat in the live chat here as we go on uh but uh but zach how's it going man everything good yeah, everything's good. It's interesting. You know, I actually had a little bit of trouble coming up with buys and sells because, you know, kind of what we expected happened for the most part. I mean, you know, besides Geno Smith popping off, but I'm not really worrying about trading him, trading for him or away just yet. Um, that's just an example. But interesting week heading into this week uh, should be should be a good one. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, so we had we had some buys and sells to talk about um, and, and we'll get to some stuff in the chat, like we said. Um, but there hasn't been a whole lot of news outside of Jonathan Taylor. There's still, we're still not sure if he's going to end up playing on Thursday night. Um, if he does, he's going to be in my lineup. I'm rolling him out there. If he doesn't, you know, just have have another option ready just in case Jonathan Taylor does not go. If I had to guess, I, I'm going to guess that he doesn't play uh, just so that he's right for the week for the following week. But like, if, if he does, you know, if he does play. You know, I have him in your life. Naheem Hines, I think, would get a bump here. I, I don't think I would really reach down and play Philip Lindsay because, you know, Frank Reich did say that Philip Lindsay would be the guy who would get some carries, you know, behind Naheem Hines. And I just don't think I would I would reach down and, and play Naheem and play Philip Lindsay unless you're in like a 14 team league and you like really need to run it back badly. And he's all that's available on waivers. Um, so, so yeah. So, like, Naheem Hines, I think, would be like a, you know, low end RB2 this week with upside, uh, especially specifically in PPR leagues. Okay. And I think that's really it. You know, there's a few guys who are going to appear on the practice on the injury report today. Today is Wednesday. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would kind of like, you know, antennas up a little bit if somebody's not practicing, but don't worry about it. Uh, just kind of make sure that going into Thursday, you monitor the practice reports. That's really when you want to start paying attention. Um, let's get into it, man. Let's get into some buys yep. and sells. And, you know, the, the first, one of the first guys that I had here might be surprising to a lot of people who listen to the podcast, uh, and that's Gabe Davis. Yeah, and, that, that one I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, and, and and honestly, the reason why I'm okay, like, buying Gabe Davis right now is because he's just really affordable, right? And yeah, you're not going to get a return on his ADP. I, I don't think it's going to happen, um, you know, because he was being drafted, you know, fourth, fifth round uh, pretty early especially best ball. Uh, but even in season long drafts, you know, we've seen him go that early now, you know, granted, you know, he didn't do anything this year, this year so far, right? Like that first week, you know, he had a big, uh, you know, a decent game, but he's never had a decent target share that we can point to so far this year. Right now we could point to his injury as a potential, uh, you know, as potentially why he hasn't been able to perform, but He's running around on every single one of Josh Allen's dropbacks. So he's not extremely, you know, not healthy, right? He can at least run around. I mean, if he was banged up, you would think that they would at least run somebody out there. But, you know, looking at their depth chart, are they really going to rotate in Jake Kumaro, who was also banged up? Are they really going to rotate these other guys for Gabe Davis? I don't think so. So mm -hmm. at this point, he is their full-time starter opposite Steph Diggs. He's going to have his big games. Right. And the fact that, you know, he didn't get it done over the first four weeks of the season, that means those those games are going to be coming at some point. Right. He's going to yeah. have those blow up games. And, you know, I know that, you know, we, we don't want to live with the games that he's had over the past couple of weeks. 
you know, because, you know, straight up, like, it just kills your lineup, right? When he's in there, he doesn't do anything. Uh, he hasn't yeah. earned the target share. And I don't think he's going to end up being a high target share earner. He just might not be that guy. However, this is a great offense, and he's going to have that blow-up game uh, at some point uh, because he's playing with Josh Allen. High octane passing volume offense. Uh, and we know he's somewhat talented, right? Last year, when he was on the field, he was getting his targets, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we just didn't have a huge sample size of that. Um, but going forward, I think as of this moment, he's so he's so affordable that if I'm looking for some some upside uh, and I need a wide receiver, I think that a lot of people are done with Gabe Davis at this point. Yeah, and you could probably get him really cheap. You know, we're experiencing an extended lull. You know, this is kind of what we expected. We knew there would be weeks where he really didn't perform. We knew he was going to be hit or miss, boom, bust, that type of receiver. But we're, we've had three weeks in a row now. I mean, granted, the one was with injury. He hasn't produced for you, even if, whether he was on the field or not. And you talk about maybe it's his injury. I don't think it's his injury because I don't see why they'd have him on running a route for 100% of snaps if he was injured. If he's being hampered by some type of injury, why would they keep him on there and potential to aggravate it? Um, even when they're not throwing in the ball. You know, he's running the routes. It's it's not, I don't think, an injury. I think it's just him suffering from what you kind of pinpointed at the beginning of the season and over the offseason that his target share is not 100% there. And if you don't hit on those targets, which we know his targets tend to be deep passes and, um, you know, all those flashy plays, he hasn't had those yet. So we're seeing limited production from him and panicking, which makes sense, you know, his we knew that this was coming. Like we said, the target share wasn't there. And we're feeling the effects of that right now. He's definitely going to have his games. But where you might have been a little bit more confident in his volume at the beginning of the season, we don't have that confidence anymore. We now see him truly as a home run hit or miss. Where I was thinking maybe before, you know, he might have earned himself some more targets in the offense after that performance in the AFC. Was it the championship or the divisional round? It was the divisional round. Um, I thought maybe he would have earned some more targets. That clearly isn't the case. I, and whether that's his fault or not, um, that's up for debate. Isaiah McKenzie did come in. He's been showing up. Uh, he is a little banged up now, so we'll see how things go there. But I, it's been disappointing to start with Gabe Davis. But I think better days are definitely ahead. And if you could buy him low, I mean, you can't get much lower than where he's at right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. Uh, but, yeah, so, I, you know, I think at this point, He's so cheap that you just just see see what you can get him for, right? You might be able to – you got some guys in your bench that, you know, you could maybe throw in your lineup. The guys who have been producing, you know, you might want to just throw an offer at Gabe Davis if you need some somebody who can spike your starting lineup, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're looking for guys who can win you weeks. And and Gabe Davis is one of those guys, just that how often is he going to end up doing it, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the only question at this point. But after one – quarter of the season underway I, I think i think it's worth buying him just because of his price right now let's hit one of these questions in the chat before we get to the next one brian's asking are, are we selling naji in dynasty um i personally would not sell naji in dynasty right now I, I think he just in a pretty shitty situation you know yeah. from the foot injury that he's had uh to the offense not being too great right now uh to him not being a efficient back right now and then you have Jalen Warren, you know, taking some snaps away too, you know. So like this is this is a, a you know a period for me where I'm I'm holding Najee and Dynasty, um, you know. Am I buying him? You know, I was never a huge Najee guy. Like he was never an efficient back. Even in college, he wasn't too efficient. Coming in his first league in the NFL, first uh, year in the NFL, he wasn't too efficient. He just got a ton of volume. But he is one of those guys who's proven that he can handle volume, you know. And I think that will continue. I think you might have a couple more years of Najee Harris being that bell cow type of back in him. It's just that, you know, right now, <laughs> there's so much negativity surrounding him that, no, I would not sell him in Dynasty. Uh, just just hold him for now. This offense could potentially get better, you know, with Kenny Pickett, you know, under center. And even next year, you know, him having a full offseason and, you know, still having the weapons, right? Uh, we'll see yeah. what, what's up with Deontay Johnson. But, you know, he got that contract. He should be there. You know, you got George uh, George Pickens going into his second year. Who knows what Clay, where, where Claypool's going to be at. But, you know, he has the weapons. This is going to be, you know, an improved offense most likely. Hopefully they shore up that offensive line a little bit. Uh, right now, not a good time to sell Najee. Yeah, you look, you, look, you look at the Steelers' offense, you know. It's not a very good offense right now, but it definitely has the potential to be. I think they're suffering from a lot of turnover at the quarterback position since Big Ben left, and that's to be expected. 
Um, Nashi's just, like you said, in a bad situation. It's a bad offense right now, but on paper, I think they're very good. I mean, if Kenny Pickett can be a quality starter for them, you know, they have Chase Claypool, they have Deontay Johnson, they have George Pickens, they have Pat Fryermuth. Like, there's no reason this offense can't be good. So to overreact and say maybe sell Najee and Dynasty, I I think after four games, it's a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's move on to the next buy that we have. I'm still buying Juju, man. Uh, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, on, I'm sorry, on Monday uh, after, after you know, we watched him on Sunday night. Um, you know, he just had his third 20% plus target game from Patrick Mahomes, and he still hasn't scored a touchdown, right? And all of Kansas City's touchdowns are not going to go to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all season long, you know, with the amount of touches that he's getting. So this is going to be a big game coming for Juju. Um, you know, it's going to happen at some point. There's a blow-up game going to come, uh, you know. So, you know, and he even got a little bit of air yards too. So, yes, his his depth of target, you know, isn't as high as these other wide receivers in the league, but he's going he's gonna to get peppered. Um, and it's still clear that he's Patrick Mahomes' number one wide receiver, uh, you know. It, once he gets into they get into more competitive games, Juju's going to have some better games here, right? And last yeah. week he didn't have to do much, right? Like they didn't have to throw the ball that much, um, and they could go safe because you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Isaiah Pacheco they were able to rack up a ton of car- uh, a ton of carries in that game because they just went up from the get. So uh, you know, moving forward, if you're looking for somebody who's cheap, because Juju's cheap right now. Like, no one is viewing yeah. him as this high-end guy at all. Uh, if you're looking for, like, a wide receiver three who could turn into a wide receiver two, I think he would be your guy to target right now. I, I think that's a good call. And it's weird because, you know, we're talking about Juju and he hasn't performed, you know, but he's gotten the targets. I think the Chiefs have been weirdly reliant on running backs. You know, we looked at this running back room that they had going into the season at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco. We saw... There might be a little uh, value there, a little opportunity there for somebody to step up. But like all of the running backs are stepping up right now, which is not what I expected at all. And that might be causing Juju Smith-Schuster to suffer a little bit. And maybe it's the running backs, like you said. They've been in um, positive game script pretty much the whole season. Um, And that might cause the running backs to get more work. You know, they don't have to be throwing it downfield all the time. Juju's just a guy out there right now. But um, yeah, I think you're right. They get in more competitive games. They have a game against Las Vegas which is a good matchup for them on paper, but it could end up being close because we know it's a divisional game. And then they follow that with Buffalo and San Francisco. Um, this next three-week stretch before the bye, you know, we could see Juju uh, take off a little bit and, and you know, he could provide the value that we, we were looking for when we drafted in the season. Um, his value is low right now, definitely. So you could take advantage of that. We've been talking about Juju, you know, for the past few weeks like this because the volume has been there and there's no, nothing's changed. It's the same situation. Until he has that big game, just keep buying. I'm with you, man. We got another question here from Henry Hughes. It's a great name, by the way. Uh, what is Godwin's value right now? Um, Godwin's value right now is higher, is lower than it should be. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's another guy that I'll be looking to acquire uh, based on what how he looked last week. You know, he got a little shaken up, but he came right back into the, right back into the game. Looks like his hamstring injury is over uh, at this point, and he should be good to go. So if you're looking at what he did last week, I'm pretty sure he had like a near full rap participation, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking at my spreadsheet right here. Um, let's see. Godwin. Yeah. He ran almost as many routes as – he only ran four less routes than Mike Evans. 85% yeah. route participation. And I think he missed one or two of those passing down snaps. So, you know, because he got a little, little nicked up. But he should be, you know, somebody that – would be ranked as a wide receiver too every single week, uh, you know, and he could be as high as a, a high and wide receiver too. This Bucks offense has not shined yet, and you know he's at a you know this offense entirely can be bought low on. If Mike Evans was able to do his thing, Chris Godwin still got his targets. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had a pretty high you know 18% target share, nine targets. Uh, that's pretty solid for his first game back. So I would expect him to do to do some things. He looks good, you know. I, I wasn't overly into Chris Godwin this year because of him coming back from the ACL injury and because, you know, and, and you know, that hamstring injury could have been related to that because it did seem like they were kind of rushing him back a little bit, mm-hmm. but it seemed like they gave him enough time at this point going into week five. I think he's somebody that if you're looking for some receiver help, I think he is good. Uh, some, of, some of that I'll, I'll be looking to acquire uh, if I need some, you know, high-end wide receiver to help. 
I think that's a really good spot, a really good target. You know, Godwin, we talked about his value. His value right now, you know, he's asking, what's Godwin's value right now? Um, it's very low. And like you said, you know, that's a buy low territory. We know what Godwin can be. We know he has a tendency to, you know, be nicked up, be a little bit injury prone. But when he's on the field, you know, he's getting it done. I mean, obviously against Dallas in the opener, we did kind of feel like they rushed him back. And he, we saw that happen. He left pretty early. He only got three targets. But he comes back and plays almost pretty much the full game against Kansas City, and he gets his 10 targets. Um, that looked Chris Godwin-esque, at least from what we've seen. So I, I like Chris Godwin as a buy low, definitely. There's no reason that you should have to pay very much for him at all. You know, he did have a decent week this week. But, you know, you look at him on paper, it's nothing that's going to be way out there that you're not going to be able to afford. He's affordable. He might be just a little bit more pricey than maybe a Gabe Davis, but he's still very much in the realm of possibility to acquire. You don't have to spend any of your quality players for him. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And even if you do have to spend, you know, a quality player here and there, like it's not bad because I think he'll come through. As long as yeah. he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be Tom Brady's you know, slot receiver. And, you know, he w- he's going to continue to do his thing. And we saw that, you know, that's who he's going to favor right now. Um, and, you know, Cameron Brate, you know, was being targeted at a high rate from Tom Brady before, uh, you know, before he went out with the concussion. And it seems like they bot- <laughs> NFL botched that one, too. Yeah, I digress. But, you know, this week it looks like Chris Godwin could have a potential blow up game because a lot of those targets that were going Cameron Brate's way, he might not play this week. Right. And, you know, we might see a very extremely tight target distribution between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then after this game, if he blows up, you're not going to be able to acquire Chris Godwin, this, you know, at the same at the same price. Okay, right. Like we say, like like the, like the great, you know, uh, Fat Joe has said, today's price is not yesterday's price. Yeah. Okay. And it's not that's that might not be the case for Chris Godwin moving forward. All it, right. it, it's a lot to do with timing with fantasy football trades. It, it's 100%. you have to buy obviously, you know, just like in the stock market, buy low, so high. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent. Timing yeah. is everything. For sure. Uh another guy I want to buy right now is Darren Waller. Uh if you're in tight end purgatory, Waller should be your target if you want one of those t- top five tight ends, right? Um he had two down weeks. And you might be able to take advantage before, you know, a good matchup, right? And a shootout against Kansas City, right? And right. and this is one of those situations where, you know, Darren Waller, he had a couple tough matchups for the last two weeks. And, you know, his target share, you know, wasn't too high. His target share, you know, looking at 17% last week. So still solid, actually. So week four, 17% target share. Still pretty solid. And Devonta mm-hmm. Adams ended up with a 43% target share, uh, but pretty good. 16% target share in week three, not so great. But in week two, 23% target share, and that was with all their guys healthy, and then 18% target share in week one. So I think, you know, Darren Waller, you know, we know what his talent is like. He just got that deal. I think more targets will start moving towards Devonta Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and not Matt Collins. I think, you know, Matt Collins, he's got some targets, but I do think that the targets are going to start, you know, kind of evenly distributing or at least being, I think the targets are going to be tightly distributed between Adams and Waller first, then Hunter Renfro, then Matt Collins. I think that's going to correct itself. So if you're looking for a high end tight end and you're, you're, you're in a situation where you don't know what tight end to start, I would start, I would, start to try to put deals together for Darren. Yeah, I think that's 100% fair. Um, you look at his production, you know, it hasn't been awesome, but even when his production hasn't been awesome, he's been a serviceable tight end for you. Unlike other tight ends that we've seen, you know, they're on or they're... <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, they're either, they're either on or off. Darren Waller, even though he's not necessarily, he doesn't have the upside that he had maybe like two years ago when he had that breakout game especially with Devontae Adams in the offense, he still has upside for you and a solid floor relatively because of the targets that he's getting and the talent that he has. Um, you can't really go wrong. He has five points in back-to-back weeks, which is kind of an outlier, I think. You look at the way they've been using Mac Hollins, just because Mac Hollins has been, you know, putting a, a, a what's it called? A glass, an eyeglass on Devontae Adams' usage and maybe the lack of usage for Devontae Adams. It doesn't mean it doesn't affect Darren Waller too. They run them in very similar ways on offense. Darren Waller should be in line for more volume, or if, at the very least, if not more volume, higher quality volume against Kansas City. It'll probably be a shootout. Um, and you don't want to base it all on one week, but Darren Waller's been underproducing for what we expected for him 
so far this season, and you could buy him low now. Um, he he he's regardless. Even if you don't buy, if you have him, I, I wouldn't be looking to like sell him or anything. Uh, you know, he he's a solid player that'll get it done for you at the tight end position because, as we know, um, outside of the top five or six, there's not much there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I, if I were you, if I'm looking for a tight end, he would be my main target right now because I think you can he could be somewhat affordable. If you have a tight end who's been overproducing over the past couple of weeks, you might want to take a look at Darren Waller. You know, um, now if you have Gerald Everett, yeah. um, would you be trading Gerald Everett plus something for Darren Waller? Of course. Yeah. Right. I feel like you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, that, that seems like a, a, a pretty good combination. Like if I had Gerald Everett right now, you know, he's somebody I'm actually looking to sell, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's actually on my, was he on my sell list? I have no idea. Yeah, he, he was. On yes, my sell list. He okay. Is. There you go. So, you know, Keenan Allen, he's coming back soon. There might be less targets to go around for Everett, right? Whose rap participation, by the by the way, is not eclipsing 70%. It's been 70% or lower every single week. You kind of want it to be around 80, 85% at least uh, for a tight end. And, and Donald Parham, he's going to be coming back soon, potentially this week. You never know. Maybe he starts getting involved. And we saw what they did last year with that tight end position where, you know, you never know who was going to run more routes than who. I would assume that it's going to continue to be Everett running the most routes among that, you know, within that tight end room. But you never know. This That participation could go down. He just had the touchdown. He just had the big game. So I might go ahead and try to package him up a little bit, add a little bit, something to it, and then try to get Darren Waller. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. Um, Ger- this is the way I see it. You know, Gerald Everett has been producing despite maybe not having the target share or route participation that we like. And Darren Waller's been underproducing despite seeing the target share and route participation that we like. So something's got to give. One's going to regress to the mean. The other might get back to where they should be based on the usage. And that's kind of been our argument with a lot of players recently. It's, you know, the usage is what matters, especially if they're underperforming. I, I see Darren Waller as that type of player. Um, if you can move Gerald Everett for Darren Waller, it's going to be- benefit you in the long term. Even though Gerald Everett, you know, he's not a bad play. It's not like he's a bad player. He's still going to have his weeks. But Darren Waller is a much better overall player than Gerald Everett, like we said the Chargers are missing a few guys yet, and that might be contributing a bit to his success, Gerald Everett, in the offense right now. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing, so you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now you had a buy. Yes. For us. I want to hear it. Yeah. So my guy that I'm buying, you know, even though it might not be a buy low, it's Jalen Waddle. I don't, like I said, you're not going to be buying low. I think he's worth consideration. Someone's to, someone to target though, because of his recent production and Teddy Bridgewater, you know, kind of targeted him at a similar rate to Tua, even when he came back in relief of him last, last week, outside of his monster performance against the Ravens, where he garnered 19 targets, remember 11 catches, it was like 180 some yards, two touchdowns. His volume has been decent at best. It's been like five targets week one, six in week three, and then five again last week with Teddy Bridgewater coming in. Um, looking ahead, he has three really strong matchups out of four, including one with Pittsburgh, but he's playing against the Jets, who had that shootout with the Browns, the Vikings, who are they're pretty good, but they're not that good. And then the Lions, which is just going to be probably lighting it up on offense. Uh, the Lions, like we said, highest scoring offense, worst scoring defense. It's a really fantasy conducive schedule. 
even though Teddy Bridgewater is our quarterback, there's a chance his value could skyrocket over the second quarter of the season. And this is probably the lowest that you'll get him, you know, even following that 40-point performance. Um, it's relatively low for where I think he's going to be in a few weeks. I'm with you, man. I, I love that. You know, and take advantage of this this bad week. Take advantage of the fact that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be their quarterback this week, that they're going to have two bad weeks of Jalen Waddle. That might not be the case. We saw we saw what Teddy Bridgewater did, you know, in uh in, in Carolina, right? He was able to be just fine with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So I wouldn't necessarily look him as being a bad thing for a huge, really bad thing for Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. So I'm with you on that one, man. Jalen Waddle is going to be ranked again in my top 12, regardless this week, regardless uh, of who's that quarterback. You know, Tua yeah. is going to get done, obviously, and you'd rather have him behind center. But I think Teddy B is going to be fine uh, with that uh, in, in Miami. Yes. I love definitely. it. I love it. I love it. All right. Cool, man. Um, let's see. Let's see who else I had here. Oh, you know what? Before we go to the next one, let's, let's look at some questions here. Yeah. Let's look at some questions. Should I trade? Zappo G is asking, should I trade AJ Dillon or Drake London? How are you feeling about this one? Okay. So I, I feel like they're both in a similar situation. You know, if you, you can't really equate running backs to wide receivers, but they're both to points where we know they're talented. They just haven't really produced as much as they can. AJ Dillon, because he's working with Aaron Jones and Drake London, because it's just a weird offense as we've seen. Um, both of them are guaranteed some work. I do like Drake London more than I did before, but I think A.J. Dillon has more value for you still as a running back than Drake London. I wouldn't necessarily do this straight up one for one. Um, chances are you have A.J. Dillon in the starting spot unless you're in a smaller league. Um, Drake London, I see him as a wide receiver three right now. So I, I would say if A.J. Dillon, chances are he's your wide receiver, not wide receiver, running back two, I would maybe keep A.J. Dillon. I wouldn't do that, Drake. If you need a wide receiver, I would do it. If you need a wide receiver. Um, I, I yeah. think Drake London is a wide receiver too now. He was to be in my top 24 this week. He's just balling out. He's balling out of his mind. He is number one in the NFL in target share. And that's not among rookies. That's among all wide receivers. Um, and that's right. a great feat. Now, this is a low-volume passing offense. So yeah. that high target share doesn't mean as much in terms of it counting for fantasy points. However, the fact that he was he's able to do what he's done over the first four weeks of the season, he's been balling. The tape has been out of control. The dude looks really, really good. Uh, we know how good Kyle Pitts is, and he cannot earn target share right now over Drake London. And, you know, I think if you need a wide receiver, I, I, I would make this deal. I would assume Zap OG that you have some running backs. And if you do, and you're not going really depleting your running back depth, or if AJ Dillon's sitting, I would make this deal if Drake London is going to slide into your starting lineup. So right. it really depends on your, on your on your roster, what it looks like. But if Dillon is like, if you're going between Dillon and another running back in your starting lineup, and Dillon could potentially be on your bench this week, and Drake London was slide right to your wide receiver, to a wide receiver three spot, I would do it. We know what we know what AJ Dillon's upside is without Aaron Jones. We know what that looks yeah. like. We know that AJ Dillon's gonna get 15 to 18 carries a lot of weeks. However, you know, he's still in the timeshare for now. Uh he doesn't get a lot of the you know the touches that we're looking for, especially in the past game. As you know, we saw we thought that might happen after week one. Uh, but you know, after four weeks, a bigger sample size, you know. Dylan's real, real value is going to come when Aaron Jones, if Aaron Jones is ever off the field. So, yeah, I think I think yeah. I'll do it depending on the situation. Okay, let's move on to the next buy. And you were buying Jalen Waddle high. I'm buying DK Metcalf high. And, you know, part of the reason I, I like is, that one. Yeah. I, I, thank you. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> uh, there, there were two reasons why I, I, Metcalf was off my draft radar, right? And I don't have him on a lot of teams this year, admittedly. Um, mm -hmm. I do have him on one team because he slid. I think he slid to like the fifth round or something like that, which was insane. So I was like, I'm yeah. going to bet on the talent here. Uh, Geno Smith was one of the reasons, right? Not having Russell Wilson anymore. Uh, number two, that this was a slow, prehistoric, run-heavy offense, right? Yeah. Smith has been efficient. Mm -hmm. So far, the, this 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 year, so that you know has been proved wrong already, and that can continue to be proved wrong moving forward. And number two, you know, 
this is a top heavy target distribution where Gino is only targeting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett right now, right? Yeah. And in the in the red zone, and he'll go for his tight ends. But for the most part, it's those two guys. Uh, and then number three, the pace, like we talked about over the past couple of days, has picked up significantly. And because of that, I'm buying high. I don't think, I don't think that uh, you know the Seahawks offense is at a point where they're going to regress. You know, obviously we saw this crazy ass game between the Lions and the Seahawks yeah. and a lot of people who have these two guys might simply think that you know it's not going to continue right uh, or DK Metcalf had just had a couple big games like he's had in the past and then they don't want to buy him anymore right so I think the of that sentiment and what we're used to with DK Metcalf kind of going being up and down even last year with Russell Wilson, there were a lot of games where we couldn't count on DK Metcalf. Um, mm-hmm. But seems like Pete Carroll is trusting Geno to keep the offense extremely fast-paced. And if that continues, you know, in terms of – and when I say fast-paced, what, what I mean is that they're not waiting until, you know, the play clock hits three or two before they snap the ball. They're, they're hitting that at like 10 to 15 seconds, which is a significant increase in plays per game. Um, and that's just going to increase the value of every single Seahawk. Rashad Penny – Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Geno Smith. All these guys have has the, their values have increased at this point. So DK Metcalf is the best playmaker on that team. He's got it done over the past two weeks that like correlated with the increased pace. Um, and I'm buying high right now. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Like I said, I, I agree with that one. I actually really like that one. Um, and I, I know that you said your objections to DK Metcalf having the season were Geno Smith and the pace of play, which that was everyone's problem, you know, I think with DK Metcalf. That's probably why you were able to get him in the fifth round of that one draft. But Geno Smith, you know, I'm kind of entering the territory where I'm thinking, okay, is this really like a fluke? Is Geno Smith just like, is this going to stop? I don't know if it's going to. Geno Smith seems like he's a decent quarterback, um, a good quarterback, one that's definitely capable of producing, of um, supporting two fancy relevant wide receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. A lot of DK Metcalf, being a buy high right now is because of Geno Smith. As long as Geno Smith is playing, um, he, it's really good. Dare I say that I'm more confident with DK Metcalf in my lineup this season with Geno Smith at quarterback than I was last season with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Because oh my god, Russell Wilson, you know he would be on and off of DK Metcalf, but Geno Smith has been looking DK Metcalf's way over and over and over to open the season, and he gets a good matchup against Detroit, and DK Metcalf produces, Tyler Lockett produces. It's looking very good for DK Metcalf as long as his offense can continue to be what it's been through these first four weeks. And I don't see that stopping. So I really do like DK Metcalf. I actually got a piece of him in a couple of my leagues because he dropped so far. And when you watch DK Metcalf on the field, it is just you, you're reminded why, you know, he was such he's just such a star coming into the league. And he's showing it now. You know, things look bleak. He got the extension. He's in Seattle. So He's invested there. I think there shouldn't be any worries about DK Metcalf moving forward. He's a solid, solid high or even a high-end wide receiver two for me right now. I can see that, man. Um, and don't be surprised if, if he's wide receiver one at some point in the next couple of weeks. He's in my top 12 uh, if they continue this. For right. Week one, 26% target share. Week two, 20% target share. Week three, 28% target share. Week four, 36% target share. So it's legit. Uh, and it's going up. Yeah, on a Wednesday. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next. Well, actually, you know what? Let's answer a question. We keep. I keep forgetting about these people um, who are here with us. I keep forgetting this is live. Robert Alcala is asking, "Would you trade Christian McCaffrey for DeAndre Hopkins and J.K. Dobbins?" So, assuming I have Christian McCaffrey, I would assume that we have Christian McCaffrey and we are trading away Christian McCaffrey for DeAndre Hopkins and J.K. Dobbins. Should we do it? And I'm assuming that's what you mean, Robert. And if it's not, put it in the comments. Uh, but I would assume when you say four, I'm assuming you have CMC and you're going to trade mm-hmm. him for D-Hop and, and Dobbins. Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. No. Not that. Yeah. So before you explain, my answer go is ahead. also no. <laughs> but go ahead. Get into it. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't do it, man. Uh, listen, C- CMC is a high-end RB1. There's not too many of those right now. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is not an elite wide receiver. Um, you know, even last year, he only was sitting around 20% share, right? And when we're talking elite wide receiver target share, it's around 30%, 28%, 27%. 
but 20% target share is not going to get it done for you. Um, you know, we definitely depended on those touchdowns from D hop last year when he, when he did get it done, there's no creativity on this offense. Um, Marquise Brown is there. So, you know, targets are going to be distributed between DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz. So I would expect the target share to be at 20%, you know, and usually the big dogs eat first, but if that Mm -hmm. was the case, he would have ate last year, right? With AJ Green and Christian Kirk there, right? So Hollywood's upgrade over Kirk. Uh, Zach Ertz is there all year. He's there all year long. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't make this deal. Also JK Dobbins, you know, somebody I'm looking to potentially sell, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we weren't going to get into him on this episode, but JK Dobbins, like there is a, there, you know, he scored the two touchdowns, right? Not only that, you know, but there is a feeling that J.K. Dobbins is just good work from here. I don't know that he does. This could potentially be a split backfield in the entire time for the rest of the year. Him coming off the ACL, judging by that, judging by how they use him during his rookie year, they never gave him the reins to the backfield. Uh, Gus Edwards is going to be back at some point. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jim John John Harbaugh John Harbaugh said that. You know, uh, Jake, uh, Gus Edwards is going to start practicing this week. So, right. because of that, you know, he might be back at some point over the next couple of weeks. And Gus Edwards is an upgrade, you know, over the guy that he's splitting with right now. So, I don't know. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, what are you going to get in Dobbins? Low end RB2 who is going to be touchdown dependent, a mid RB2 who's going to be touchdown dependent. He's a great right. talent, but he's coming off the ACL. I don't want to invest in that. And the fact that he got a receiving touchdown last week, I think that's an anomaly too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's not going to happen too often. So I, I would say uh, to hold off on that, keep CMC, uh, and maybe instead of trading your stud for two lesser options, maybe you try to do the opposite. You know, Maybe yeah. trade two of your lesser guys for one stud. I think that will serve you better. Yeah, for me... With this trade, you know, my gripe is their situations like you talked about DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you said usually big dogs eat first, but that hasn't been the case with him in Arizona. And they're getting a lot of help at receiver coming back these next few weeks. It's going to be a really busy wide receiving core and tight ends. You know, Zach Ertz will be able to do his thing, too. So DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think he's going to have the volume to really be that high end wide receiver one that we knew when he was in Houston. But then also, you know, I look at Christian McCaffrey and his situation. It's a complete opposite. Here's an offense with the wide receivers and quarterbacks sputtering. You know, we need to produce, and we have Christian McCaffrey on our team. Who are they going to get the ball to the most? He just got his first true, like, strong fantasy performance of the season. His utilization came through. He got that touchdown, and he looked as close from a fantasy perspective to the Christian McCaffrey that we knew um, this season, as he has all season, and, and last week. So Christian McCaffrey, he's still on the upswing, I think. You know, things are, they're figuring out how – that he is the best weapon at this point with Baker Mayfield, at quarterback. So Christian McCaffrey, I'd have him locked in. I don't know if I'd even think about trading him right now because Christian McCaffrey, I, I wouldn't. He's, he's looking like that guy. And, you know, you think, oh, maybe Dobbins. They add Dobbins, DeAndre Hopkins. This is a classic case of sell high, I think. Um, I'm not even treating Dobbins as an ad right now. It was either – it looked to me like DeAndre Hopkins for Christian McCaffrey, which is an immediate no. It didn't help that Dobbins was added on there. He had one good week. Um, and we don't know what we're going to get from him. CMC is the sure thing. DeAndre Hopkins, Dobbins, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. B- before we move on, I want to talk about underdog fantasy and their pickums. We've been on a roll. I, we yeah. got seven out of eight right on Monday Night Football. Hope you guys played some of those. We saw a bunch of winning, uh, winning entries uh, from the from the community. So I'm glad you guys are winning some money there. Uh, if you know fantasy. And you play fantasy, you have a pretty solid idea of what the matchups are going to look like, how these players are going to end up doing, you know, what their opportunity looks like going into the game. So, so I would check out all the different pick'em options underdog fantasy offers. Uh, and that includes this Thursday night. You can go on underdog fantasy right now, download the app, go on their website, make sure to use the code upper hand to, to get uh your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars. Uh, but yeah, go take a look at their pickums. We had Debo Samuel going over on receptions and receiving yards. We had Jimmy G going over on passing yards. Uh, what, what else did we had? We had Matthew Stafford throwing at least one interception. So when, when you combine all of those things into one entry, you're going to start multiplying your money pretty, pretty nicely. Um, so, you know, if you chose, if you chose uh, all of those correctly and like you choose three of those, like let's say you chose those three in one entry, you would have six X 
your money. Um, you can have an entry with two pickums, with three pickums. Um, you can have them all the way up to five. And if you get all of your pickums in your entry correct, you can you can win almost twenty x what you put in. Um, so you got to yeah. check it out. You know they even offer pick insurance where your where your multiplier goes down. So maybe not twenty x for five picks, but they give you the leeway of getting one of your picks round picks wrong. So you, and you'll still will win money if you get one of those picks wrong. So two things sports books don't let you do. One is that they don't let you get in, uh, get any picks in your parlays wrong, right? If you get one pick wrong, you're done. You lose no matter what. And two, they don't allow for correlation in one parlay. So, for example, I chose Debo Samuel over receptions and on over yards. You can't do that in a parlay or even in the same game parlay on, on these other you know sports books. But you can do that on underdogs. So, uh, if you see a good matchup that you like, you can kind of hammer that in on one particular player. Uh, so go check out Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you use the code promo code UPPERHAND, all one word, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Uh, again, it's code UPPERHAND, all one word, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. The Pickums are live right now for this Thursday night, so you can start putting in your entries now, uh, and I'll have my sheet out as well on Thursday morning. Let's get into some more buys. I have one more buy that I want to talk about, and that's Devin Singletary. Uh, his usage was upgraded over the past couple weeks, uh, upgraded to 75% and 86% snaps each of the last two games. Uh, and then he was also upgraded to 80% rap participation last week. That's more than Kyle Pitts, by the way, that's more than Gerald Everett, by the way, <laughs> the guys that we've been talking about, but he's caught 13 of 16 targets over the last two weeks. So if you're in need of an RB two with upside, you know, they're not using James Cook right now. They're not using the other dude, Zach Moss at all so if you need rb2 i think he's something that you can acquire on the cheap because he didn't go crazy with the fantasy points in week four but the usage was there right i think that's a good good call um i think you could get him cheap too because the name value is not like yeah. tremendous you know we've seen him do this in in years past you know where he has a week or two two consecutive good weeks and people you know overreact to it and then they get burnt because you know he wasn't getting the usage that he was getting now and this looks kind of like that situation because he opened with two duds and now he had, what was it, like 24 PPR points against Miami in week three and then a pretty good week as far as usage goes this past week. Um, things seem to be changing. They seem to be more confident with Devin Singletary. We talked about this and I think it was two episodes ago. Um, we talked about Devin Singletary maybe being earning more trust from the coaching staff. You know, we said he was pretty notoriously bad last season on yards, at, yards per route run. And this season he's improved that. Uh, he he looks like a different running back, and it seems like the offense is running a little bit more through him than we anticipated it. So, yeah, I think you could capitalize on that by trading for him right now. Another guy I had as a, as, a, as, a, as a buy is Brees Hall. You know, he continues to be a buy. You know, if you bought him last week, great. But you have another opportunity here because his blow-up game is going to come. His usage continues to rise. It got even better for uh, – he. the good thing is that he's continuing to be targeted right uh, from a different quarterback so Zach Wilson yeah. coming in uh still was being targeted he was being targeted by you know by a good margin over these other guys so for the year he's been targeted on 30% of his routes uh you know and a lot of us thought that you know Michael Carter was going to be their passing down guy but Brees Hall had a really good pass catching profile coming into the year his target share as a running back was up there um so you know it's been legit so 19% target share from Zach Wilson. That's only behind Garrett Wilson. And it was the same target share. He had the same amount of targets as Corey Davis. <laughs> yeah. Or close to it at least. So um Brees Hall is somebody that, you know, he has the talent profile to absolutely explode and be a potential RB1 down the stretch. So if you're four and oh, if you're three and one, especially, I'm gonna be giving up some assets to get Brees Hall right now. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. And we've said about Brees Hall, I think we're going on three weeks now, saying Brees Hall is a buy. Um you look, I, I'm looking at his, you know, rushing stats right now. His volume went up big last week um, compared to what he had the first three weeks. So you want to talk about usage? Yeah, this guy's usage is going to be legit. It's going to continue to be that way. And the thing that really stands out to me, like you said, is we switch quarterbacks and it's the exact same production, if not better usage, you know, than when Joe Flacco was in there because Joe Flacco was dropping back and throwing the ball 50 times. Now they don't have to do that. Now they can rely a little bit on the run game. And we're going to see more of Brees Hall on the, in the run game, I think, um, and in the past game too, but it's going to balance out his, you know, volume a little bit more. He's not so dependent on targets anymore. Um, we saw he got 17 carries against Pittsburgh, so 
good for him. Um, it's only up from here. And like you said, if you if you're in good shape already, you know he'd be a nice add for your team if you can get him. Even if he's going to be like a flex guy, you know, having Brees Hall, he's pretty much the RB one there at this point over Michael Carter. Yeah, definitely the RB one right now, uh, and the clear RB one right now. And yeah. I would, I know, you know, this Jets offense is going to take a like it, it's already one of the best Jets offenses we've seen over the past couple of years, uh, yeah. and I think it's going to get better. You know, I think Garrett Wilson coming into his own, Elijah Moore hasn't even been able to kind of do his thing this year. Um, I think it's going to happen. You know, at some point, this Jets offense is going to be able to break through. The offensive line is decent enough to get it done as well. So Brees Hall, you know, I think there's going to be plenty of goal line opportunities for him too moving forward. Yeah. Um, let's get into a couple of questions here uh, in the chat right here. So Jacob's asking, should I drop Garrett Wilson for Singletary? I'm very strong at wide receiver. Some are weaker at running back. I would be looking to trade Garrett Wilson, man. I, I yeah. think you can get some value out of him. I think he's like a top, I don't know. What would you say? A top 27, 28 wide receiver for fantasy right now. Like yeah. he's really up there. Third. Yeah, top 30. Yeah, he would get I don't know what, where I got 26, 27 from. Uh, but yeah, top 30 wide receiver right now. Um, and I would be looking to trade him. Yeah. You know, maybe what you can do is if you're looking for a, a bench spot and uh, Singletary is available in your waiver wire, like what's going on? Like, is that what's going on? Or are you trading it? Maybe you mean you want to trade him. Um, so yeah, okay. Uh, let's say this is a trade. Mm -hmm. We're talking about trades here, right? And this situation is not going to be applicable for anybody to be able to drop the guys like this and pick up guys like this. So let's assume trade. Um, would you trade Gary Wilson for Singletary right now? I think I would if you really need that running back. If you're very, it seems like you're, you're, you literally said you're very strong at wide receiver and some are weak at running back. I think I would make this move. But just understand that Garrett Wilson has really high upside. Singletary, his role can change at any moment, right? So mm -hmm. a little bit of a little bit of a flimsy, you know, RB two right now. However, yeah. the utilization has been strong over the past couple of weeks. Garrett Wilson, extremely strong talent profile. So yeah. he could he could blow up at some point this year. Uh, we saw you know what happened a couple of weeks ago where he was the, the hottest waiver wire ad yeah. for a reason. But yeah, if you so need a running back, I think I would do it. In a vacuum, I'd say no, you know. But then you say about he says he's very strong at wide receiver, then maybe I would consider it. I'm still higher on Garrett Wilson than I am Singletary. You know, he's had a yeah. couple iffy weeks. After, we saw his ceiling flash. Was it week two? So I don't want to take that away from him. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's had two eh weeks these past two weeks. I I'm looking for him to get back or at least closer to what we saw in week two. Um, I, I think that Wilson is a better asset for me in my mind over Singletary. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Um, let's see. Let's see here. I have Zap OG. Oh, you know what? We already okay. You know what, Zap? I, I pinned your question. We already answered one of your questions, but it's your lucky day. Okay, we, we won't spend too much time on it. I have Jamar, I have CD, I have Mike Williams. I'm struggling at running back. Should I trade CD away for a running back? The obvious trade away here is Mike Williams, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I wouldn't trade CD Lamb right now. The Cowboys offense. It should be on the upswing, assuming Dak Prescott comes back relatively soon. And even with Dak Prescott out, Cooper Rush has proven that he can help CD to produce, at least serviceably. Um, I think he's been better than serviceable these past two weeks. But yeah, if I'm picking between those three, I would trade away Mike Williams for a running back. CD has proved over the first four weeks that he is a high target share earner, an elite target share earner this year. Yeah, um, He's an elite wide receiver at this point. Mike Williams is not. So I would go ahead and after that big week Mike Williams just had, sell high. Definitely. That's a good question. Let's see. We got another trade question here from Donnie Ramazani. Donnie Ramazani. What a, these, these names are amazing, man. Right. I love it. Uh, how should I trade Deontay for Curtis? Hey, should I trade Deontay Johnson for Curtis Samuel? Uh, the, so he already has, Donnie already has Garrett Wilson. He has Brandon Ayuk and he has Dubs. Um, Oh, no. Okay. So, he, okay. Here we go. Sorry. I should have read this question before I, I read it out loud. So, he's going to, he wants to trade Deontay Johnson plus one of these guys for Curtis Samuel. That's what he's trying to do. So, he, he wants to trade Deontay plus Garrett Wilson, Deontay plus Ayuk, or Deontay plus Dubs for Curtis Samuel. And I understand wanting to do that. Uh, because Deontay hasn't done his thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Deontay Johnson becomes better with Kenny Pickett. I don't think all eyes should be only on George Pickens here. I think Deontay Johnson, he's one of those guys who has proved that he's going to earn a high target share. So it's possible that Deontay Johnson over the next couple of weeks ends up being a better 
commodity, a better asset than Curtis Samuel. I wouldn't be surprised. However, Curtis Samuel, he's going to be fine. Dotson's hurt right now. More targets available for Curtis Samuel. I'm okay with it. If, if I can get rid of Deontay plus Ayuk, that would be ideal. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would do Deontay plus Garrett Wilson for Curtis Samuel or Deontay plus Dubs for Curtis Samuel. Are you okay with trading one of those guys with Deontay for Curtis? Yeah, only Ayuk at this only point. Ayuk. You know, we, we saw Dubs. Uh, if you watch the press conference after the game against the Patriots, Aaron Rodgers said that he openly came out and said, yeah, I have a little bit of trust for Romeo Dubs. That's what we're mm-hmm. looking for. So if yep. Aaron Rodgers trusts him, he's going to get his target share. Dubs is looking like the um, steal right now that we're talking about as a Packers receiver. Um, and Garrett Wilson, we just talked about it. You know, his ceiling is there. Definitely. He's at this point, the wide receiver one for the Jets. I mean, until Elijah Moore comes out and actually produces, you know, Garrett Wilson's that guy. I'm looking to sell Miles Sanders right now. 27 mm-hmm. carry game for him. I think that's an outlier. Um, the Eagles are are not going to be a run heavy team for most of the season. They were run heavy last. They were run heavy last week because of the fact that the pass game, you know, couldn't really get going in that weather that Philly had. So you know, I take advantage of this big game Sanders just had, two touchdowns, more than 100 yards. I would try to take advantage of this. This is not the Miles Sanders that we're used to. And we know that the Eagles like to, we know that the Eagles want to be pass heavy as we've seen over the first three weeks of the season. I think that that's what they would, I think that's what they would have liked to do in this game if the weather conditions permitted it you know, for it to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, listen, I don't want to hope that Miles Sanders continues this, right? Because whenever you do hope that Miles Sanders is going to continue good production, it doesn't really work out so well. So, if you can package Miles Sanders up right now, trade him away, grab a big, uh, grab a better asset uh, and take advantage of that high value that he has right now. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm with it. You know, you look at the volume you say is 27 carries an outlier for miles Sanders by his standards that he set through his career. Yes, it is. He's had before this game, it's now five games over 20 carries in his five-year career. And each year he's had one game over 20 carries or 20 carries even. So don't expect this volume to stick around. He's still in the Eagles. Kenneth Gainwell is still there. Boston Scott is still there. And it's going to be a pass-first offense. You have to take into account that, you know, outside of the beginning of the game, the Eagles were in a positive game script in just like a mess of weather. You know, the remnants of Hurricane Ian. That's what they were playing. That's what they were playing. And so this isn't going to stick around, this volume. Um, this I, That I can say with confidence. I'm not saying that Miles Sanders isn't talented. If he got that kind of workload, you know, we see that he can produce, but he's just never going to get that because he's on the Eagles and they have other running backs. They've been pretty committed to a committee approach um, the whole time he's been there. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, Boston Scott wasn't in this game. So it is possible that, you know, if Boston Scott was there, the split might have been a little bit more distributed. Very possible. We don't know that for sure. But, you know, Boston Scott has been their primary short yardage back. Maybe not goal line back, but most short yardage situations, Boston Scott was actually on the field. So something to keep in mind. Yeah. All right. Um, guess who else I'm selling? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm selling Clyde Edwards Hilaire, dude. Uh, listen, he's on pace for 21 touchdowns this year on only 229 touches. Okay. And I'm going to give you a little bit of context. Okay. Austin Eckler, he scored 20 touchdowns last year on 276 touches. And we were expecting a little bit of a regression there, too. Right. Mm-hmm. That was considered uber efficient. And when you talk about their talent levels, I don't think Clyde Edwards Slayer is anywhere close to the talent level than Austin Eckler is. Okay. So I, I understand, you know, that you want to keep Clyde Edwards Slayer because he's been producing. And I and I also understand that people are like, hey man, like no one's ever gonna buy Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like everybody knows that he's a sell high. Like, okay, so package him up. Don't don't try to buy, you know, like Jonathan Taylor with Clyde Edwards Hilaire one for one. Like that's not gonna work. Like, don't try to buy Christian McCaffrey or Joe Mixon with just Clyde Edwards Hilaire. No. Like, acknowledge the fact that he's a bot sell high, but add to it, add a legitimate piece to Clyde Edwards Hilaire and package him up for a better player. Like Joe Mixon, on Joe Mixon, who, you know, ha- is getting a shit ton of volume, right? Mm-hmm. Has been inefficient. That's okay, though, because the volume has been crazy. It's going to stay there. Right, it's not like they're going to bring in Samaji Pirine to start, you know, taking stuff, taking significant work away from him. So, you know, package Clyde with Hilaire, 
put in a good wide receiver too. Like for example, uh, Curtis Samuel, someone is struggling at wide receiver, right? Curtis Samuel plus Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Can that give you a good running back? Probably. Yeah. Can you combine Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Drake London? Probably. Can you combine Clyde Edwards Hilaire and I don't know, pick another towel locket? You know what I'm saying? It's you could do it. Like yeah. you could get an upgrade at running back by you know trading off of these you know wide receiver two, low and wide receiver two type of guys uh, to upgrade. Maybe not Joe Mixon, but maybe you can upgrade to a good running back. You know, I'd rather have guys like Damian Pierce, right? I'd rather have mm-hmm. guys like you know James Robinson. Like I'd rather have those guys than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, despite the fact that he's been going crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And, you know, we've been pounding the table on selling Clyde Edwards Hiller, <laughs> I think, since like week two, something like that. You know, we saw yeah. his first performance. It was like, time is so high. And then he just continued producing. This is like the ideal sell situation because we know what his MO has been um, heading into the season. Before the season, he wasn't viewed as like a fantasy starting running back. But now suddenly he's putting up those types of numbers. Like I said, it's the ideal sell situation because even while he's sitting on your roster, if you haven't been able to convince other people to buy him, you know, He's still putting up points for you. If you have to throw him in your lineup in a pinch, you're probably starting him after all this production. You can ride out this hot streak that he's been on. As long as the offense is clicking, he's going to produce. And we can ride that out as long as we want. So there's really no pressure for you to sell him. And every week, his value just keeps going up. You know, he's like the ideal sell piece right now. I'm with you, man. Who, who else are you selling? Okay, so one guy, he had a big game this this past week. And I, it was a product of the game that he was in, and it's Rashad Penny. You might have a hard time letting go of him after 150 yards and two touchdowns. He looked like he turned back the clock to last season when he was just taking defenses and tearing them up. But when you look at that production in context, it's much less appealing than it is at just a glance. You know, you look at his sleeper uh, game logs. You have to consider the Lions were statistically the worst defense in the league. And it was just like we talked about this game just being fantasy gold. He's not going to be rushing into that each week. And definitely not next week against the Saints and other opponents beyond. I'm looking at his usage, which was relatively on par with what he had seen leading up to the game against Detroit. Across his first three games, he averaged 12 opportunities. And then he racked up just 18 opportunities in week four. Um, He managed to double his yardage total for the season with those opportunities in one shot. He also took two long runs in for touchdowns. So if he doesn't take, say he gets one of those runs down to the goal line, he gets tackled like short instead of a touchdown. You know, we're looking at a six-point swing, and he's looking 22 points as opposed to 28 that he got this season. He did that twice, like I said, with two long touchdowns. Seattle's offense is better, but I don't think it's enough to expect Penny's workload to continue to produce RB1 finishes like we got last week, especially like we said with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith throwing the ball there. It seems like they've upgraded the offense from the one that sustained Rashad Penny at the end of the season last season. I'll say this. like I think over the past couple of weeks, because of the offense's pace moving, you know, get, getting up there, I think his value has increased. However, I, I see what you, what you're, what, where you're going. Number one, he hasn't been the epitome of health, right? So right. when you buy someone like him over his career who hasn't been able to stay healthy, it's a little bit tough. Number two, there is a very talented back behind him who could potentially start to earn more carries as the season goes on. They also spent a very high, uh, you know, he's a very high draft capital type of player. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's a very good running back. So I think eventually he could potentially eat into that a little bit more. So I could see that. And you, you want to take advantage of huge games. See what people are willing to give you, right? Always. Like same thing with with uh, Austin Eckler last week. I don't, I'm not necessarily looking to like sell him, but I want to see what I can get for him. And, you know, you never know what you can get. If people yeah. are desperate for running backs after losing uh, Javante Williams, after losing Cordero Patterson this past week, see what happens, you know? Um, so that's what I would do. I, I would see what's out there, put him on the trade block, see what kind of offers mm-hmm. you get. Uh, but I'm, I, I personally necessarily be, you know, scared of his p- future production. I think as long as he can stay healthy, uh, he can give you solid RB two weeks with upside. Yeah, no, I think that's true, what you're saying. But we saw, you know, the first glimpse of Rashad Penny from last season, this season, this last week, and that's what people might have been holding on to with Rashad Penny, you know, waiting to see that kind of game again, and he just had it. So, you know, interest could be at an all-time high right now. I hear that. Like, Sean, in the comments, he's asking Penny or Zeke. Uh, I'd much rather have Penny. What about you? Mm -hmm. You know, and as the resident Cowboys fan, me saying that Zeke, you know, should not be rostered over Penny, be started over Penny. Um, Yeah, Penny is the guy. (laughs) You know, Zeke has had his 
ceiling is pretty much gone at this point. Yeah, no, 100%. I appreciate that, Sean. Thanks for the question. Uh, and I think that's going to do it uh, for this episode. You know, one of our other cells that we had was Gerald Everett, but we kind of talked about him already. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back tomorrow with our quarterback rankings and our running back rankings uh, to get you uh, started, uh, you know, in, in, as far as setting your lineups in going into week five. I can't even talk right now. It's already, already been an hour. Um, yeah. I'm so done at this point. Now, um, tomorrow, uh, we're going to we're gonna have that episode at 9 a.m. So just to kind of remind everyone what the schedule is, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we're going live at noon, just like we did today, Eastern time. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're going live at 9 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Uh, and then it'll be out on the podcast about an hour or, or less. Uh, after the podcast has been recorded. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you can rate and review the podcast, uh, that would mean the world to us. That would help us a ton. Uh, but yeah, and if you can subscribe to the podcast as well, that would be even better. If you can subscribe to the podcast, that would mean the world to us. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.